Hi, it's Pam. And it's Gary. Here we are. It's Tuesday. Yay. <laughs> yep. Tuesday. Um, you know, I'm thinking that I may go ahead and I waffled on this, but I may go ahead and decorate the outdoor room today with Easter stuff just because we have everything so under control inside. There's you know, I there are things I could do and redo things, but I think I'll do that today if you'll help me dig that stuff out of the out of the storage. All right. Well, okay. We'll put that on the list. Okay. And I want to talk about jasmine a little bit. We love incense, and you do a great job of ordering great, really wonderful incense for us. Well, you know, incense is one of those things that really adds a lot. Uh, you know, in terms of the aromas affect the mood, and so it's nice. You always want those good smells. Yeah, I think I think it really evolved us getting back to incense from years ago. Of because so many of the things, the essential oils and the things that you buy, they don't, they just don't have the same lasting power. And I guess that's why incense historically continues on from you know way back I should have I should have drilled down into that today to see when did it start and and all it's of that. been around a while a very long while and uh, but Jasmine which so typically you I was reading during this really stressful time for people how good the the, the aroma of, of jasmine does your your body your soul your mind your your stress level helps you sleep and all of, and you happened to, when I was telling you about it you said well I've got it in the in the uh, inventory of, of different of fragrances yeah it's one of the ones I ordered and um, I think if I'm right the sense of smell is the strongest sense we have uh, in terms of imprinting uh, you know, memories, and there's something about the, the aroma of jasmine that is just very soothing. You know, I think that has to be true, and you have to excuse any extraneous noise. We're picking up some today because of how we're doing our podcast now, so if you hear that, it's not us, and it's not you, it's extraneous sounds here, but it that has to be true about smell, because think about it, when you come in, we talk about it, when we come in from being gone and we have cooked a, a great meal and the smell of whatever that meal is, it, it's lingering and, and it takes you back to really great memories in your life. Oh, so. I mean, you know, I think everybody remembers walking into, you know, as a child into your mother's kitchen yeah. and, you know, and smelling, you know, bacon cooking yeah. or, you know... Uh, cakes or whatever that that's uh, cooking that just imprints and stays with you forever. It does. It brings you sheer joy to... And your, right back to that moment. It, it absolutely does. And, I mean, just as a kid, waking up on, a, you know, a, a morning and, and you could smell the, you know, the breakfast being cooked and you knew it was going to be so good with the scrambled eggs which was always my favorite as a kid and all the you know the biscuits and the things that went with it and just really food is and I think a lot of people are are going back to that now I think that's why there's a, a shortage well I don't think it I know it 
yeast. There's a, a, a yeast shortage now because people are going back to the basics of what makes us really happy and what brings us joy. So if you want to, you know, find your zen, uh, get you some incense, some jasmine, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, try it out. See if it relaxes you. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but let's talk more a little bit about food and kind of where we're going with, we, we love to cook, period, but uh, we've, I don't know that we're really doing more <laughs> than we always do, but uh, or we, I'm certainly not making bread, we talked about that already, but you sent me a really interesting story about brownies and yes. the beginning of brownies. Well, because, you know, you're a brownie aficionado. Forever. You, you love your brownies. I do. I do. I and have made them forever and, and eaten them forever and my whole of chocolate and chocolate lover, big time. But who knew that the, the original recipe was born from a hotel? And as I read your story uh, about the Palmer House, in, which is the Hilton Hotel in Chicago, I did a little bit more research on uh, hotel food and things that are born at great hotels that last forever. Yeah, it's really interesting how uh, hotels have been the birthplace of a lot of interesting food and drink. Really have. And the thing about this Palmer House... Which, by the way, if you want, Gary and I, we were there recently. It's a beautiful historic hotel. <laughs> yeah, in Chicago. And if you want to see it right now, they have a virtual a tour available for people. And, and I, I recommend it because it's, I can't even describe that wonderful, wonderful hotel. It's, uh, but, but the brownie recipe, according to this article you were, you were sweet enough to send me, was born, uh, the, the, uh, from the, the hotel, matriarch of the hotel uh, wanted to serve these brownies at the what 1893 World's Fair, and and it's a very basic recipe. I mean, it's just the, the there's nothing fancy about it. It's uh, you know chocolate and flour and eggs and vanilla. The only thing that I don't like that they put in it are walnuts, which I. I don't care for that. Uh, you and me are singing the same song on that. We are. But the difference in their brownie uh, presentation in their final recipe, they used uh, they used a apricot preserve glaze. And I just didn't think that did it for me. <laughs> no, that's, that's not the kind of what I think of when I think of brownies. No, I was surprised by that. But... I had no idea that brownies originated there, or that brownies were over 100 years old. No, no. We learn something every day if we're lucky. Yeah, and so I will have to, I will have to share that with Kate the next time she loves to help me make brownies, and I will tell her the story <laughs> of the birth of brownies. But another historic hotel that you and I have been fortunate enough to stay at and love and adore which is now under, it's closed because they're renovating it, which I hate to hear. But the Waldorf Astoria also birthed not just the Waldorf salad with the, with the chicken and the, the, uh, 
the, the nuts and the and the grapes and it's it's famous. It's a you know it's yeah. a famous salad, but also red velvet the red velvet cake Thousand Island dressing. I had no idea. Did not know that. Eggs Benedict, one of my favorites. Wow. All from the Waldorf. All birthed at the Waldorf Astoria. Who knew? Too bad they couldn't get a patent. They'd be rich. I know. <laughs> I. It's just like, it's so amazing. And it's really fun right now to talk about food. I'm enjoying talking about food. And I just said to you, what, night before last, that... I wish I could make a decent hollandaise because it's not easy. It's eggs and there's a separation factor. And I've tried in the past years ago to make it. And when you find a place that serves a true, true hollandaise, you have to savor it because it's rare. Because most restaurants do not. It's just not. And there's a place here that we have gone to quite a bit. And their holidays was that kind of perfection, and it's and it's really weird. But red velvet cake, all of that. Who knew? Who knew? From the from the glorious Waldorf Astoria. So glad we had a chance to stay there before yes. they closed it. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what it's like after the renovation. Yeah, renovation means change and updating, and I sometimes wish they could update things such as electrical wiring and and piping for. Uh, for the water and, and all of that, wish they could update that and keep <clears throat> keep it safe without really changing the mood and the feel oh, of, no. I know. Of, the, of the history of the... It's like the Algonquin when you walk into that place and you feel the history of the, the great people that gathered there to discuss amazing things and you want to be on the fringe. You can You can feel it. You can actually feel it. You want to be sitting there with them. You do. So, but let's, uh, we'll end with the, or we'll begin to wrap up with uh, alcohol, of course. Uh, Before I get into that, I want to talk about the making of Kahlua. Because we don't have any, and I wanted to to make an aperitif last night with, with Kahlua and uh, chata rum and rum chata, whichever way that goes. And we didn't have it, so um, you were busy. You were otherwise busy. And so without looking at a recipe, I made it up in my head as to what, <laughs> what how you might make Kahlua. And I used, uh, I brewed some espresso, which is a strong coffee, and used simple syrup to sweeten it. And and I added a splash of milk to it and, and all that. What and then you looked up a recipe and so then later and we made our we made our, our little drink in our port glasses. It was a very small And room. it was excellent. It it wasn't too bad. But what I discovered what the, the thing I left out, uh, vanilla you need and, and when you really make it, the real brewing or, or, or formula for it recipe is vanilla bean. And then mm. it makes the, the the strong the espresso gives it that oomph with the coffee. And when you make Kahlua, or if you have Kahlua, you buy it. Guess how long you can keep it if it's sealed up tight. If it's in a you know if it has a tight top on it, how mm. long do you think you can keep it? Both homemade or uh, with the, it, that just has the coffee, the simple syrup, and the vanilla. Just just that. I would say probably years. 
three to four years. Wow. You're right. I was shocked when I read that. Well, alcohol seems to keep, you know, just because it is the nature of it. But. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. But uh, anyway, so I may try my hand at it again and, and make it just because it was fun to do. Are you going to try to make vodka? You got any potatoes on you? I think we're short on potatoes, which is the fav- the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is with we potatoes. are short. But I, you know, hey, you know, my dad and I made wine back in the day, and he didn't even drink, and and but he wanted to he, because he grew a lot of Mustang grapes, and so he thought it would be fun, and I was the only one <laughs> to join him <laughs> in on that. But we, you know, we bought all the stuff, and and. It was really fun. So maybe, you know what, you and I need to think about making vodka. Let's, Is that even legal? Let's look into the, what? To do what? To homemade vodka. Well, homemade wine definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hard alcohol on that, I don't know. We'll have to investigate that. That might Isn't be a whole that other... like getting a still or something? Well, you know, moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, 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 who oversees that? Who oversees alcohol? Whatever the... Uh, the uh, food and uh, oh, alcohol, alcohol, yeah, and tobacco, tobacco yeah, whatever. they may frown on that, but I, I'm going to investigate that. But what I want to talk about is one of your favorite drinks, and not mine, um, is the pina colada. Let's talk about it. Well, the pina know? colada, I mean, you know, it's, it is a, a, one of my favorite drinks. Why do you like it so much? Well, because I like anything sweet. Well, guess what? It was birthed in 1954 in a place we visited recently. <laughs> Last year, we visited everywhere. Uh, uh, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I remember that. Yeah. When we were in San Juan, there was a sign up. It said, Birthplace of the Pina it Colada. It did. It did. Yeah. And it was at the uh, Hotel Caribe and in their uh, Beachcomber Bar. At the Caribe Hotel. As a matter of fact, you know, we tried to go in and, and get a pina colada at the Beachcomber Bar, and it was a waiting list. Of so. two hours. Yeah, so we had to get back to the ship. We but. did, we did. But so, we, we were there at night. There was something incredibly fun. We had we loved San Juan. I mean, we had so yeah, much the fun. old historic part of San Juan. Uh, yeah. So we, much fun. Absolutely loved it. The people were fantastic. Yeah. And and the just the vibe of it, I would go back there absolutely in a heartbeat. Loved it. One last thing as we're talking about this and uh, the the uh, Kahlua is actually the the real true true blue uh, is the coffee is that they use is uh, the arabica bean and there is a difference between. Colombian coffee and Arabica, uh, there is a, a, a difference in strength of, of the coffee. And if if it's Colombian coffee, that means it has only been grown in Colombia. They can't, whereas uh, Arabica is grown many places uh, and actually is of Arabic beginnings. And it's a very strong coffee. So I found all of that incredibly interesting in just trying to make Kahlua and trying to do these things at this at this time, where we are, we are, everyone what is, uh, you know, grasping. Uh, saw a funny video this morning that made me think of us, and I think uh, because it had to do with music and karaoke and stuff, and and I think music is also helping right now oh, for absolutely. us. You know, when you lean on that, but uh, here we are uh, thinking about uh, what we'll do. 
today in the way of getting out and getting exercise. Some people are walking miles and miles, and I don't know what we'll do to get out and get fresh air today. Yeah, we'll have to have to, uh, to see what the mood is. We will. We'll do everything by mood. So get on over to Gary's working on a special page, I think. I am. That will be coming out soon on NorthPalmBeachLife.com, our website. Visit us, if you will, at our uh, YouTube channel, NorthPalmBeachLife.com as well. Contact us through the website if you want to, or me directly at Pam in the 561 at gmail.com. We, uh, we're glad you're here. Absolutely, and wash your hands. Wash your hands and stay with us.